Blog Talk Radio. Remind myself to call you Enrico. So, <laughs> that's first and foremost. 
second thing is, tell us a little bit about your dog training. Tell us what you specialize in and give us some contact information for our listeners so that if they need to get in contact with you, then they uh, give them email, phone number, website, whatever you have available. Okay, well, wow, what do I start out with? Well, I specialize in the hard-to-handle aggressive dog because a whole lot of dog trainers don't do that. You know, you can't take them to your local uh, pet place and, and get these dogs trained because they think they should go and be put down. So I found a, a way to help these dogs and their owners to get them back on track and a lot of times what they call an aggressive dog is not really an aggressive dog at all. It's a dog being a dog. You know, they, they do dog things, and they just have to learn manners. Um, right mm-hmm. now I'm operating under canine cross training, you know, a play on my word, on, on my name, and, um, you know, working with canines. And that doesn't mean, you know, police dogs, although, you know, I've worked with those too. Canine just means dog, you know. Um, my uh, telephone number for my training is 443-255-7814. And my email for that is K9Coach, K9, and then Coach with a K, at MSN.com. All right. So Did I miss something? Nope, you got it. You nailed it. So let's start with me because I'm sucking right now royally. I have a pit bull. I have had her since she was about eight or ten weeks, maybe or so, give or take. Um, she is now about, I guess, twenty weeks around that. Okay. Um, my biggest problem is like training. I'm doing the crate training. So I take her out in the morning, super early. I let her out, bring her in the house. You know, we have some little fun time, put her back in the crate. I go to work. I come home from work. Sometimes she do good. She hasn't done anything. Other times it's just like, what in the world? Or I'll let her out. She'll be outside for a few hours. Come right in the house, go right in the crate, and go to the bathroom. What am I doing wrong? Okay. When is the last time? How many times you walk in the morning? So I walk out in the morning once before I go to now work. I'm talking about before you go to work, right? You said you get up, you take her out, and then you feed her. You take no, her out I again? Feed her first. No, I feed her first, and then I walk her. And it's probably about seven or eight blocks down and the seven or eight blocks back. I give her some water, and then I let her stay outside until I'm getting ready to leave out to go to um, work. And then before I leave out the door, then I bring her back in. Okay, so you don't know if she's doing anything when she's outside by herself, right? Yes, she is. Okay, so do you leave water down for her? No. Okay, that's good. Do you leave food down for her? When no. You're gone? Did no. you say no? No. Okay, that's good. You're doing some good things there. Here's the thing that stimulates a dog having to go to the bathroom, right? When they first get up, you got to take them out. Um, after they right. eat, you got to take them out. If they've been right. playing, you know, and, and exerting themselves for a while, as soon as they stop, they're going to want to use the bathroom, you take them out. 
if the dog has been gnawing on a bone or something, you know, and just chilling and gnawing on the bone, and when they stop, they're going to have to go out again. So that's four things right there, okay? Okay. So that you, that you watch. Now, how big is the crate you have her in? So the crate she has actually grown into, so I did, it was too big at first when she was a puppy, um, but so we got one that is enough room for her to move, like turn around, but that's it. Like, there's okay, no good. extra space for her to have, like, a section. All right. So probably what happened is she got used to doing her business mm-hmm. in the front part of the crate yeah. or the back part of the crate yeah. and keeping herself clean, yeah. you know, in the back part, you know, mm-hmm. because the crate was mm-hmm. too big to begin with. That's a mistake right. a lot of people make. You know, when you get a crate for a puppy, the same thing applies just big enough for them to be able to turn around, not so cramped that they can't lay down or anything like that. But right. you dogs are are usually trying to keep themselves clean, and they don't want to lay down with their poop, okay? So mm-hmm. if the plate was the right size to begin with, you would have got that across, all right? right. Now, with, with puppies, I usually walk them, um, well, let me ask you this. When was the last time you walked the dog at night? Um, okay. So I got a busy life. I usually don't get home from school till about 11. So somewhere in between maybe four and five, my husband let's, just lets her out into the backyard and then, you know, brings her in after a little while. And then when I come home at about 10, 11, then I actually walk her again and bring her back in the house. But I don't feed her at the 11 o'clock one. Oh, well, that's good, because usually I suggest for people not to feed the dog after 7, okay, and, mm-hmm. and no more water after that, so that when mm-hmm. you, and, and I would walk them the last time, like at 10, you know, this, this was my schedule, right? Mm-hmm. I will walk my, my pups the last time at 10 o'clock. They don't have no water since mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, and so now their bladders mm-hmm. are empty and all that, and when they wake up in the morning, even if I'm a little tardy getting them out, their crate is still going to be clean. So when they get up, okay. I, I let them out, and then they do their business. I bring them back inside. I feed them. And before I leave, I let them out again, okay, just to make sure that mm-hmm. they don't have anything in there. So they don't get the water until mm-hmm. I get back, get back home, okay, because they get the water. Right. And then later on, I I, uh, I give it to them again, okay? So Okay. You know, it sounds like you're doing okay with that. And is there any particular time uh, that you notice that she does it more, that that she might sort of her face? No, it's just when, no, it's just whenever. Okay. Any changing in the food or at all during those times that you notice? Now, I do change because it depends on where I am when she needs food. So it's not like I go to the same place every time I get food. So if she run out of food and I'm near the family dollar, family dollar it is. If I'm if she out of food and I'm near Walmart, Walmart it is. Or if okay, I'm near Pepsi kind of so food. she didn't have a few. Yes. Okay, so that is the that's your problem right there. Okay. A dog's okay. digestive system is pretty sensitive. So when you change their food ah. it might it might get them a little runny. You know, it might get soft. Okay. Or, you know, sometimes they just yeah, right. Water if you if you I change it properly. Okay. 
So that's, okay. that's the situation right there. And they can't really hold that. You know what I mean? So okay. if you're going to be changing food, you got to stay consistent with the food so that you don't have problems like that. Because everything else okay. that you were that you were that you were doing was fine. I'm, you know, so I was trying to figure out then what, what is it. So then the last thing was the there must be some changing of the food, you know, right from one time okay. to the next. That makes sense. I get that. Mhm. Next question is: So I have never taken my dog to the dog park before because I was waiting for her to get all her shots and immunizations and all of that. What what should I expect when I take her to the dog park? It's not like she interacts with other animals. What should I expect? Do I let her off the leash? Do I not let her off the leash? Do I take a stick? Do I? And she is out of control. Like, she don't listen. Like, when I say stop, sit, come here, no. Mm-hmm. Because what kind of training have you been doing with her? Well, we working on sit. Or stop, and, like, if I say sit, like, a few times and actually, like, push her butt down, then she'll do it, but she don't sit still long enough. And, like, she understands stop. Like, I don't like her jumping up on the kids or stuff like that. So she understands stop, but I'm scared when we get to the dog park, if I let her go, she ain't coming back. Mm -hmm. It's going to take her a minute for her to calm down to be like, okay, she's not playing with me. Yeah, that's that's the thing. All right, so... So here's the thing. Um, the dog needs to, to understand a, a few things. Number one thing that I believe that the dog should learn is the recall. The dog must come to you first time every time because that could mean it's life, okay? Right. You can be calling it back from danger, and I don't care what you teach your dog. You know, a lot of people come to me to, to do dog training. I say, what have you taught the dog if the dog has any training? Oh, yes, you know how to shake hands and do it. I said, well, that saves a life. And so they look at me. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, no, I said, right. So here's the thing. The, the most important thing is to teach the recall. And I work on that extensively. Okay. I work on that in the beginning of the class and at the end of the class mm-hmm. because I want your dog okay. coming to you like a bat coming out of the cave or something, you know, that, that they're, they're okay. just flying to you. So I work on that. Okay. The way I, I do that, I use food training. You know, you'll get, again, a lot of trainers don't like to use food because they say, well, if you use food, then the dog won't listen to you when you don't have food. Well, that's if you don't know how to wean the dog off food, okay? And some the trainers okay. will tell you that. They don't, they don't know how to wean the dog off food, all right? I trained all okay. my dogs starting with food, and then eventually they're, they're not working for food. They're working just because I say, okay? There's always a reward, okay. you know. And mm-hmm. food is the one, the number one drive the dog has is that food. Because when okay. the puppies are born, you know, their eyes are closed, their ears are closed, okay? The only thing that they have going is that nose is working. They ain't looking for food. And they find the teeth mm-hmm. without anything from the mother, okay? So why okay. would I not use the number one drive to train the dog, all right? Right. And then people that say, well, my dog doesn't have any food drive. And before I see the dog, I already know the dog is fat. The dog is overfed. Most mm-hmm. people feed dogs too much. All right, and so mm-hmm. you know we have a we we have a a climate now in our society that we have this thing about spaying and neutering your dog. So a lot of people have their dogs spayed and neutered, and 
The thing is, mm-hmm. once you say you're new to your dog, they don't need as much food as they did before. Because that that True. instruction on the package of the dog food about how much to feed, that's for an intact mm-hmm. animal. Okay, not for one who is neutered. Because the honest oh, okay. is they can they can they can survive, not just survive, but live very well on one third of the food that they were getting before. Unless the dog is very active, you know, you can give them some more, you know, and you can you can increase mm-hmm. the food according to their activity. You know, if you if you got okay. a couch to the dog, you know, all they're gonna do is get fat if you keep feeding them the same amount that you fed them before they got neutered. Okay, so that was actually leading into my next question. How much should I be actually feeding her? So usually I feed her about two or three cups of dog food twice a day. Okay, and how much does she weigh? How much does she weigh now? She weighs. The last time we went to the vet was about two weeks ago, and she weighed forty-four pounds. Forty-four pounds. Okay, mm-hmm. does she have what you call a tuck up, or is she like straight across? When you look at her from the from the top, right, the back, does mm-hmm. her ribs stick out more, and then the the back part yes. go in? Yes. Yes. Okay, and then when you look at her from the side, her chest drops down and down by her belly, right where it connects with the with the hind legs. Does that go up, or is it straight across? See, that's the thing you got to look at because if if that's the case, I don't know how big she is. Uh, and you said how mm-hmm. old is she now? Tell me again. You said twenty weeks. Mhm. And forty four pounds. And unless she's a big pit bull, man, she might be too big. You know, I, I you know I really haven't seen a picture of your dog, but I had okay. Uh, I had three dogs, three female dogs. All three of them were like fifty one pounds. One of them was a pit. And but they were all different builds, you know. But all of them have okay, you know. Okay. And yeah, you you gotta watch that. And if you if you use the food properly, you can train that dog to do anything. Anything. Okay. Mhm. So I have to keep that in mind. I think I just I think I have to just be more consistent and that's my problem because I go to school, I go to work, I'm doing a million things, I'm really not consistent. Mhm. Yeah, that's the thing on training the dog is consistency. And guess what? You said you feed her twice a day. You know, mm-hmm. if you work with me with training your dog, twice a day is what I recommend because you have two built in training sessions. What I'm gonna show you to do is going to be around when you feed the dog. And five minutes twice mm-hmm. a day, is, is that too much to ask? No, that's perfect. I can do that. Right. See, and initially, you know, that's that's all you're going to be doing. It's only when a dog gets more advanced that you're going to take a little bit more time of training, and that's because now you're going to have them uh, do what we call the sit-stay or the down-stay where you keep the dog mm-hmm. in position for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. You know what I mean? And that takes time, right? But initially, okay. you're going to be feeding the dog. The dog is working for its food, not for no treats. Remember, ah. I said for its food, the food that you feed ah. regularly, okay? I mean, you have okay. to go to work to get your money. Now, that food that the dog gets, you know, we don't give no freebies. You know, I take the dogs off welfare immediately. 
<laughs> you know, they got to work for what they get. <laughs> and the, okay, what, what that makes sense. Like that, and when you do it like that, guess what? The dog learns to love training because whenever they're training, they're eating, and when they're eating, they're training. Mm-hmm. Okay? Got and then it. the rest of the time, you don't do nothing with the dog but just have some fun, right? But when okay. it's time for training, it's time to eat. And they, they learn to love that. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Now, anything that you see during your training that people do or don't do that you wish that they would or would not? Um, my goodness. Uh, there's a, there, there are a couple of pet peeves that I have. The, the number one thing that I have is that people think that dogs are children with fur on. And they put clothes on them. They do all kinds of silly stuff like that. <laughs> That's me. And That's me. They have them in on their furniture and in their bed. Okay, once you let your dog get up on your furniture and your bed and stuff like that, you're elevating them to human status. Now, understand. I, I know you. You've talked to me a couple of times about my dog, and you know I love my dog, right? But right. I never have them on my on my chair, my couch, or anything like that. When I want to be rolling around with them, I get down in their area, on the ground, you know. Okay. I'll be that pool in the park rolling in the grass with my dog, <laughs> you know. I'll be okay. rolling in the living room with my dog on the, on the carpet or something, but I'm not having them up on on my uh, furniture or in my bed. Because here's a, here's a real okay. simple reason. Would you let your husband come home from work, you know, working in the, in, in the field or something, let him jump in the bed with his shoes on? No. No, right? So why would you let your dog do that? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know, so now, I don't let her thing. in the bed, but on the furniture, yeah. Uh-huh. We let her in the living room. You sit on the You're right. You know? So, and if you, have a, if you have a dominant dog, that can become problematic because then they start carving mm-hmm. out certain chairs as theirs and, you know, then they want to bite the kids mm-hmm. in their spot. Mm-hmm. You know, so to avoid that problem altogether, don't have them up there. Okay. Okay. I get that. Yeah, the other Point thing I said, I, I mentioned a little bit about it is uh, putting clothes on the dogs because you mess up the yeah, dog's system because that, you know, that that is not good for them because the, the dog's coat is all they need. When it's too, like in the wintertime, when it's cold, they pull those mm-hmm. hairs down tight so that the air can get on it mm-hmm. and they stay warm. Now, when it gets a little warmer, okay. the hair actually separates and allows the air to come to their skin to cool them off. And when you're putting clothes on them, oh. that messes them up. And some people actually put shoes on the dog, and that's the worst thing to do because the dog only sweats through the pads of the feet, okay? So mm. they can't down. And they, so the pads of the feet and panting, you know, through their mouth. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So these are some of the, the mistakes that people make because they, you know. So no more they, cute they dog clothes because you look so adorable. I missed that. I said no more cute dog clothes because they're so adorable. Kind of broke up there, Stacy. Is this better? Yes. I said, so no more cute dog clothes because it's so adorable. 
No. <laughs> and again, <laughs> so look, when people tell me, when I ask people, uh, why do you get that dog? They said, because it's cute. I said, that's the worst reason yep. to get a dog. Because you got to understand okay. something about the breed. Know the breed. What do you know about the breed? What do they require out of you? Because all breeds were bred for something to do some kind of job. Ah. And it's so ingrained okay. in the breed, they actually know what they're supposed to do. And then because we don't understand what it is, we might get on the dog for doing its job, right? You know, like a okay. German Shepherd. They're a herding dog, and so they like everybody to be in the same place at the same time. You know, if you got a German Shepherd, the way okay. to drive them crazy is to people in the house split up. <laughs> you know, everybody's home and everybody in a different room, and it drives that mm-hmm. dog crazy trying to get everybody in the same place, you know. And if the kids are running okay. around and, and he's, he's chasing behind them and he's just kind of nipping at their heels, well, that's a herding mm-hmm. instinct. He's not trying to bite them. He's just trying to make them behave, you know, mm-hmm. and, and calm them down or whatever. And so sometimes dogs like that are deemed aggressive when they're really just doing a herding job, you know. All right, so what's the job of a pit bull? What are the things that I should know? Well, the bad thing is that the pit bulls were bred for fighting, okay? But they weren't always they weren't always like that. The pit bull has had different changes in name over the years. Now, you remember the little rascals? Mm-hmm. Okay, that dog was a pit bull. Okay, oh, Petey was okay. a pit bull. And they used to call, they, the breed used to be called the Yankee Terrier way back in the day. Then they had different okay. name changes and all kind of stuff like that, you know. Um, they used to use them to bait bulls because, uh, actually, that was a, that was a bulldog. But they, they used them for, for fighting and everything because the dog is, is what they call game, you know. So okay. you can also work with that. I've had dogs, the pit bulls that I had, pit bulls that I had were straight out of fighting lines. And, yeah, they occasionally got in a fight with the, with the other dogs in the, in the family, but it was because there were misunderstandings. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, we were able to stop them, and nobody died. You know, people think pit bull fights always end up in death, but that's not true. Right. You know, when the, mm-hmm. when the dogs are is trained, you can't stop them you know, mm-hmm. from doing that. Okay. And so what what are some of the things, okay, so like when the kids are outside playing with the dog, if she nips at them, what should my first reaction be? If she's nipping at them, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't let the dogs, I don't let the dogs put their mouth on me that way ever, and not on the kids either, you know, so I, I get them okay. to stop that, all right? I give mm-hmm. them something else. Uh, to do beside, I will correct them from that, you know, and I would also encourage the kids not to play certain games with them. You know, oh, I play, got I play it. the ball. Yeah, sometimes kids want to play tug of war with the dog and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it can be harmless enough. But you, you got to understand which dog you have. You know? Right. You don't want no mistakes. Sometimes that can be a mistake happening there. The dog goes to grab something mm-hmm. and grabs the kid by mistake. You know, right. and then, you know, the dog will be labeled vicious when it was trying to play. So you got to understand right. that. If you have a dominant dog, 
that's trying to be a bully, that's a different thing altogether. You'll see a different uh, scenario mm-hmm. with that because he's going to be trying to bully the kid. That's a that's a different thing altogether. I have one one right. client have a dog like that, and um, they weren't listening to what I was saying. So I suggested that's the only dog in. And I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of dogs that I've trained that I suggested to be put down because I did not want that on my record. Right. I don't think they ever did. But that dog killed and ate Mm -hmm. their their family cat. Oh, no. You know, and he was only 10 months old. Well, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. You know, but they, you know, the the family wasn't consistent and they weren't listening to the things and they weren't coming to training consistently. So that wasn't good. All right. So what what are some pointers on, let's say, for people who want a dog but don't know what kind of dog they should get? What are some pointers on what things should you be looking for and a dog, I guess it would depend on your lifestyle? Yeah, it depends on your lifestyle. It depends on what you like to do. I mean, we live in an information age, and there's so much that you can find online now, not just in books, on a different breed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you're active and you like to run, there are a lot of different dogs that you can get that, will, that just love running. You know, they will run with you all day. Um Mm-hmm. But when you get one of these dogs, you got to understand that they want to work. Like I had Belgian Malinois and I had uh, German Shepherd, and those dogs, they were out of working lines. There's a difference between the show mm-hmm. lines and the working lines. You know, the the work, mm-hmm. the show lines are, oh, look how pretty my dog is. The working lines are, come on, let's do this job. And, and they will work okay. all day long. You know, so you got to mm-hmm. give them something to do. So that training is, is key. And I used to throw the ball for my uh, Malinois and my German Shepherd. And, you know, I could actually, they would act, could actually die just chasing the ball because they will keep chasing hmm. the ball as long as I throw it. You know, so I had to be aware of okay. that and make sure that I didn't overdo it with them, you hmm. know, watch, you know, especially in the, in the, in the summertime. In the wintertime, you know, it, it would be right. because they cooled down and, you know, no big deal. Right. So. Okay. All right. So I want to be respectful of your time, and I know we um, did a time slot. Um, so one more time before we end, give them your information. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Yep, one more time before we end, your information, contact information, just in case someone needs dog training, coaching, advice, questions, want to attend your classes, how can they reach you? Okay, the telephone number is 443-255-7814, and that's K9 Cross Training is what I go by, and... um. The email address is k9coach, with a K, at msn.com. I usually train people thank you, for thank you, thank you. 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Okay. One more time. You usually do what for two weeks? I, 
I trained folks for 16 weeks. $600, 16, 16 weeks. 16 weeks. Oh, deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, individual. Well, thank uh, you, like, thank you. Different. One more time. All right. Can you hear me? Thank you. No, I didn't hear that last part. Thank you. What I think. Thank you oh, for having me. I was me saying on. thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for participating and answering all my million questions. I'm sure someone else other than me has questions. So if you didn't get Enrico's information, feel free to email me, StacyLFerguson77 at gmail.com, and I will get you in touch with Enrico. Thanks for being on the show, Enrico. I greatly appreciate it. You've been a help. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. Talk and you anything later. you would like to say that I didn't touch on? I, I don't think so. All right, then. I will see you tomorrow. All righty. Have Bye-bye. a good night. Good night. And now it is time for our commercial break because you know we got to pay some bills around here we don't work for free so we're going to do a we're going to go on break and we are going to be right back welcome to the family healing circle where we inspire awareness manifesting motivating and educating every day on sundays it's make me feel it radio with stacy ferguson this show is starting a movement as it seeks to inspire people to grow and change the world through personal and financial development. On Mondays is Totally Whole with Pastor Cook and Dr. Maxine. This show addresses issues related to spirituality and mental health. On Tuesdays, it's Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show will help you get your money right and your financial house in order. On Wednesdays, it's the RN Perspective with our own RN, Stacey Memorial. Change the way you think about health by understanding the connection you have with all things and how your habits affect your health. Learn to heal holistically. On Thursdays, it's four weeks, four different shows. Five weeks, five different shows. The first Thursday of the month is Total Empowerment, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out with Angela Hardy. The second Thursday of the month is One Love, One Connection, One Us. Turn your relationship into a spiritual union with Reverend Arlene Kahnett and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. The third Thursday of the month is the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam, a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. The fourth Thursday of the month is the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. This show explores the inner world of our mind and gives advice on spiritual growth and self-healing. The fifth Thursday of the month is Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahat, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. On Fridays, it's Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. It's sexual health and fitness like you've never heard it before with Bondria Walters and Zakia Lana. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 to 9 p.m. every day. And now you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Family Healing Circle Media. Family Healing Circle, healing the mind, body, and soul.
from our commercial break. I don't know where that music came from, but okay, I'll take it. Thanks for the music. All right, you are on with Make Me Feel It Radio. This is your host, Stacey, tonight and every Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. So the next part of the show, which is totally off topic from the first part of your show, thank you so much, Enrico, for blessing me with your presence and all the dog training. And I'll know I'll have you on the show again because I have a million more questions. So the next part of the show, I invited a good friend. And I'm going to call you my friend, Brittany, and we can talk about this once you get on the show. But I love a good conversation. And so every day I go to work, there are a few people I love indulging in conversations with. These are the people I pick their brain, whatever is going on, and on the news, politics, in the community, what have you, I always go to certain people and just ask them, what do they think? This person that's coming on the show for the second part of the show, her name is Brittany, and she is one of those people who I love, love, love talking to. She always gives me something different to think about, and her perspective is always non-biased, non-judgmental, straightforward, and something that she always gives me something I did not think about, and that is awesome. You're supposed to learn stuff every day. So I'm not going to keep Brittany Law because she actually blessed me and actually did the show while she is on vacation. So I'm not going to take up all her time, but we're going to bring Brittany on, and then we're going to chop it up. Hi. Brittany. How Hi. are you, darling? Oh, I'm just fine. Okay. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I want to say first thank you for being on the show, even though you are on vacation. So I'm not going to hold you long today, but I do want to pick your brain. So, (laughs) you want to dive right in? Yep, let's go for it. All right, you want me to go first or you go first? So we've discussed Uh, a few topics that we want to talk about. So I'll let you shoot first. Well, I mean, it just depends. Okay, how about this? You give me a topic, and you know my brain. I'll probably go somewhere else. So give me what you got, and then I'll go from there. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing is Brittany is a single lady in 2016. That's first of all. How is that working out for you, Brittany? Do you choose to be single, or... Have you just, are you looking but just haven't found the right kind of gentleman yet? Oh, crap. That's a question I never even asked myself. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) the funny thing is, all right, so I'm on two different spectrums of this whole thing because with 2016, technology is literally on our side and against us for two reasons. So I'm an old soul. Even though I'm, like, 25, I feel like my soul is, like, 105. So... I still like when a person actually calls me and, like, you know, checks on me like that. I don't have to talk to you all the mm-hmm. time, but you just, like, call me. But with technology, mm-hmm. you can text me, you can Skype me, you can message me, you can do whatever. But I don't have to be there in front of you. So it's like a whole new take on intimacy. So that's number one. So in that okay. kind of way, I don't really fit in as far as this whole new thing because I'm so old-fashioned. The other thing, too, mm-hmm. now we have online dating and even dating apps, and I'm not against mm-hmm. them, 
But if you're not a type of person who is willing to go out and try that, your chances of finding someone is going to be hard because even let's say I go out on a date with someone and I like them. Since I'm not on these dating apps, I don't know if they're on these dating apps. So they could very well be meeting different people Uh. and I have no idea about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's really kind of like Uh side-eye everybody because you just don't know. The other thing too, is it by choice or is it that I'm still looking? Hmm. Well, I mean, (laughs) by that, I, for one point, just because I'm still trying to get my master's and everything, I guess part of it would be by choice, kind of. Okay. Because, you know, I, I'm i not literally out there, like, all the time, like, at bars, like, oh, yeah, let me see whose number I can get. Mm-hmm. But if I don't meet a really nice <laughs> person, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I can't date you. I can't date anyone right now, you know? So I guess it's just a matter of okay. meeting someone who – I can really vibe with who really understands mm-hmm. my perspective of things and realize that maybe I'm not exactly the most 21st century kind of girl <laughs> going out over here. Okay. You sound so old. I, I know. I can get with that. Yeah. Like, it, it's so no, weird. And then, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I have some friends who are married, some who are super single. So I'm literally that girl who – but the funny thing is, though, a lot of my friends have someone, even if they're not married, where I'm that one who's kind mm-hmm. of like, uh-huh, super single, but I'm okay with it. So, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, as far as technology, so you brought up technology in the single dating world. And mm-hmm. so, in my mind, and I might, it just might be me because I think everything is shady to some extent. <laughs> Is and I, well, I've been married for also I've been married for eight years. So kind of back in the day, they go well, back eight years ago. They didn't really have a lot of like dating like sites, and if they did, I didn't really know anything about it. So mm-hmm. the question is: Is all of those dating sites just like to find somebody to hook up with, or are there really people that's just really looking for like a relationship? That's a really great question. Or does so it what I'm going to side. You know, okay, so this is my take on it, and this is just how I see it. I look at it as with technology, since, like I said, I feel like a lot of people are getting distant because of the use of technology. So before, I would have to either talk to you on the phone or be with you, or even before phones, I had to be talking to you face to face or through a letter in order to talk to you. Now with technology, mm-hmm. that's gone. I can talk to anyone anonymously halfway across the world, and it'd be no big deal. Mm-hmm. So I feel like now it's almost technology's way of kind of trying to backpedal and trying to get intimacy back through dating apps. So it's mm-hmm. like now mm-hmm. we're trying to find – because, I mean, I feel like with the Internet, I can hide. I have a mask. I can do whatever and say whatever, but I might mm-hmm. be lonely. Where now I have dating apps, okay. and now I don't have to be lonely anymore. So now I don't have to go to the bar to meet people. I can just click on my phone and find someone that I think is cute, and I can just talk to them. So now that seemingly fixes the whole lonely problem. Now, as far as different apps, I feel like depending on the person, you'll get what you find. So I feel like, and this is just from my personal experience with my friends and what even I've dealt with sometimes, <laughs> From that, and I'll tell you about that there later. But from this <laughs> thing, where if a person is on a free site, 
from my experience from that dare that I will talk about later that almost makes me want to puke, uh, if it's free, you're more likely going to find people who are just there to play because it's free. So they don't have any other okay. thing to invest into it. They're not investing their money for it, so whatever result they get is what right. they get. But it's more convenient okay. because I you don't that, have to pay that, for it. That it's makes like, sense. Yeah, right. it's like when you get that free app on the App Store, shoot, you don't really care, you don't really care if it's the absolute best because it's free. I can just delete it if I don't want it anymore. But compare that to like mm-hmm. Harmony or um, Match.com where you actually have to pay. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm expecting something out of this. I want a relationship, and I'm serious. So you get two caliber of people where with Match.com and eHarmony, you get people who are actually looking for something. They're investing for something. While if you go on mm-hmm. a free site, you can get anybody. They could be looking for something serious. Right. One of my really good friends found her long-term boyfriend on Tinder. So, I mean, but those are just two people oh, who wanted okay. something and just so happened to be on that. But a lot of other times, they're just looking for – sometimes it's just entertainment, just something to do. So you just really don't right. know. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, crazy. Okay, so now that that brings up another kind of subject with, and I guess will you say the pros and the cons of internet dating? Because then, okay, without the internet or before the internet, you would just have to meet somebody from your local city, town, community, neighborhood, when you went out or when you did your going to work, coming home from work, going to your market, going wherever. But now with the Internet, that opens doors for you to meet people in other places. So that's kind of good, right? Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're into. (laughs) So I say that because if you're the type of person who – you feel like that is the only way that you possibly can have time to meet someone and you really believe you can, then do it. I have nothing against people who have found their the love of their life or a person they're dating or, heck, the person they're hooking up with online if that's what you are into. But I'm not – what I don't like is if a person – deep down they're not comfortable with it and they just do it because they feel like they can't find someone otherwise, don't do that Mm. because now you're lowering your own standards because you know that's not what you want. So why would you go somewhere looking for something you don't want? I'm not going to go to Macy's looking for something that I find at Neiman Marcus. I'm sorry, I'm not. So it's, you you see what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's not a bad Mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. but if that's not what you're looking for and if that's not the way you're trying to find someone and you're not comfortable doing it, don't do it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Although sometimes people will give you flack for not doing it, but it's it's up to you. You don't have to do that. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Now, question is, uh, in your in your circle, or mm-hmm. in the people that you come in contact with, mm-hmm. in today's age, or I'm not even in today's age. In the previous times, like mm-hmm. once you became a certain age, it was expected that you found a man, got married, mm-hmm. and had children. So yeah. is it that same perspective nowadays? Like do the older people or do people in general kind of expect you once you get to a, a certain age to kind of get married and have children, or is it okay to be single at, like, 40? Okay, so I've come across two schools of thought, of thought with this. 
So I've had, because, you know, with my friends from high school, most of them, except for, like, three of us, are, like, married, whatever. Well, a lot of my friends from, you know, way back when or just from college, we are totally different populations. So let me start with the high school friends. So with some of them, they're looking at me, and they're like, oh, well, you know, do you, are you talking to anybody yet? Is there anybody that you're interested in? And I'm kind of like, mm, you know, blah, whatever. And they're like, oh, well, maybe you should try as if my happiness has to depend on if I'm with someone. Right. So okay. not to say that that's not what I want someday. I mean, I definitely would love that, but I'm not going to just date someone just to say I'm dating someone. So, right. you know, I'm not going to do that to myself and shortchange myself if this isn't the time I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do with someone. But, again, some people in some schools of thought think that that is what makes a person happy is to be with someone to complete them. So mm. that's just what it is. Where with my other side of my friends, kind of like girl on to the next whatever you know it's kind of like blah 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 do what you got to do who cares so it's interesting where with some of my friend like my family friends older family friends some of them Mm -hmm. will be like oh so do you have a boyfriend yet and I'm like yeah no I don't I'm just really doing my own thing and they're like oh well I don't see why not and I'm like eh because I don't want to right now like it's (laughs) You know, okay. but then on the other hand, my mother's like, girl, don't rush. You got the rest of your life to spend with somebody, mm-hmm. and that is a long time. So mm-hmm. you live your life. So I, I'm really getting mixed messages with that, but it really mm-hmm. just depends on how you – I don't know. And I think the other thing, too, is not so much a focus on marriage. It's just being with someone. So it's not right. so much, oh, when you're getting married, it's are you seeing someone? Do you have a boyfriend? Are you going on dates? And all my answers are always no, 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 no. <laughs> so okay, you know it's yeah. So do you do you think like what? How and I I don't want to stereotype, so no, I'm fine. choosing my words wisely. Do you think living here in Baltimore with the selection of available men? Do you think that's a problem, or do you just think you just have not come across the right one yet? So that's a question I have asked since I was first single at 21. (laughs) That was one of the Mm -hmm. questions I've always asked. So one thing that I've noticed, first of all, being an African-American woman, even and I've read studies on this, that already puts me at the bottom rung. So a lot of people will already assume that, one, I'm ratchet, two, I'm uneducated, and three, that I'm probably lazy and get government assistance, which none of those I am. But that's already the assumption right off the bat until they hear me speak, which is really sad, but that's the absolute truth, and I'm being blunt about it. So if you don't like it, sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. You know, that that's the first part. Two, then you have the idea that, Baltimore is such a small city, so if you already talk to this one person, they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody else who you also know who's your mm-hmm. cousin. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like close. And then on that note, that person might be your cousin, but you may have never met them before. So it's like to be in right. a small city, 
we have a big city feel. So you may not feel right. like everybody – You at one moment you might feel like everybody knows everyone, but then you go to a different setting mm-hmm. and you know absolutely no one. So you have no right. idea. Now, that being said, I think that just to go to another place, just to look for a guy or just to that maybe other places are diff- are, have their better selections – will probably be a little bit naive of me to believe because if I go, let's say, to, I don't know, Montana, there could be a whole other issue, a whole different world right. there that compared to where I was already comfortable in Baltimore. So I take myself to Montana, mm-hmm. try to find me somebody, and then I see there are different issues. And I'm like, well, I was better off in Baltimore. Or if right. I think, okay, I'll go to New York. Well, New York ain't no better just because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. You may still have the same issues. Right. And if you don't fix the problems that are inside yourself first, you can't go off trying to find your equal and your other half if you're still broken. Cause that other you got to preach it, girl. You gotta, <laughs> I'm about to pass around the collection plate. <laughs> so that's the whole thing in itself. So it's like, you know, I'm just being patient because I know that he's out there, but – you know, maybe he's in Baltimore, maybe he's not. The heck if I know. But at the meantime, I'm not just going to sit around zooming and home and waiting for him. Shoot, I'm going to get my education. <laughs> How about so, that? See? Yeah. Okay. Now, see, this is why I love talking to you, Brittany, because you don't oh. think like a normal 25-year-old. And that's what I love about you. So, see, all of our youth and young adults are not just out turned up smoking weed, taking pills, getting drunk, having kids. And that stuff ages you Oh, welfare? Oh, no. Ew. <laughs> no, we're not. This, this is not what all of our youth are doing. So it's good to actually talk to someone who has goals, morals, you know, values, and uh-huh. education first. You got to make money first, and you got to become one with yourself. And like mm-hmm. everything about yourself and the things that you Absolutely. don't like, learn to like them. Yeah, learn Absolutely. to like them. It's okay. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. all right. Now, anything that you want to say now about relationships before I switch to the next topic? Okay. So with relationships, I think what's happening now is that people are looking at Instagram-worthy relationships. So instead of just having that real raw relationship connection people just want something that they can be like hanging out with bay pics hanging out with mm-hmm. bay, and then posting it and mm-hmm. showing the story of a love story that seems so great when in our actuality he hustling you out calling you all out your name you hitting him upside his head and it's dysfunctional right. but because mm-hmm. you want so badly for it to be different and you feel like you can't do any different you don't leave so I think that, and that's another thing, you feel like because the selection is so few, because we all know there's more women than there are men, if that's you go, right. let's just say, we're um, automatically assuming heterosexual, but even, I've, I don't know the um, lesbian experience, so I can't speak for that, but for a heterosexual experience, mm-hmm. there's more women than there are men. So okay. you assume that, that who you have you don't want to let that go because if you do, someone else might scoop him up and then you're going to be the one who's alone. Instead of realizing it's okay to be alone, nothing that you have to say that way forever. Mm-hmm. But if you don't mm-hmm. like you, how can you get someone else to like you? 
And I get the other it. thing too, you know, and, and and I'm not trying to speak against the person who maybe I well, Brittany, try to be nice about it. So you know people who try to do. Um, whole, wait a minute, Brittany. Wait a minute. Mm-mm, wait, Brittany. Wait. This what? is make me feel the radio. This is make me feel the radio. This is internet radio, and you know me well enough to know <laughs> I'm gonna need you to say what's on your mind and don't hold no cut cards. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is when people try to make themselves as something that they're not, meaning that you are the person who, and not saying that you shouldn't spruce yourself up every so often because I don't think you should be looking like a daggone potato sack somewhere, but don't come to me with it. Now, that's part of the reason why I hate contouring so much, but don't come to me trying to make yourself be something else. This is who you have on your dating profile. This is who you are when you have pictures on Instagram. But then when this person, you want them to like you for you, but you have not shown them you. You've only shown them Mm -hmm. a fantasy you want them to see. So when you finally show yourself, you don't understand why this person doesn't like you, but then again, you didn't give them you. You gave them, you sold them a lot. So then people end up so sad Mm -hmm. when the person doesn't want to be with them anymore and even with guys now here's my thing with guys don't call me a bitch (laughs) I'm not a bad bitch I'm not a good bitch I'm not a bitch at all how about that because this is my whole reasoning behind that people are like well I'm going to reclaim that word no it was never a word for humans it is for dogs therefore if you're going to call me one you're going to treat me as one so if I get angry with you treating Mm -hmm. me like a bitch then how can I get angry if that's what I call myself I'm not going to let you call me Mm -hmm. that I am one, I am a human, and you will treat me as such. How about that? Let's start there. But, again, in our society, that's not okay. <laughs> so. Hold on, hold on, Brittany. I'm, wait a minute, because I'm, I'm getting ready to give you the original and the, the professional one. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany from all the women across the world. So we have to start with them ourselves and some things that we should not tolerate. That exactly. should be one of them. It like, should be. Mm. Okay, yeah. go on. Continue on, my love. But, yeah, that's one thing that I feel like should be a no-brainer. And the other thing that we've been told for so long, stop putting your standards so high, stop doing that. Okay, I'm going to say this. Don't make your standards impossible, but don't make your standards low. So that means don't just expect Mm -hmm. a person to just be, you know, a person for you to date them. No, make sure you actually like them and that you like what they're about. That's okay. That does not make you snobby. And if someone calls you snobby for that, well, then that just means they're not for you. That's all that means. Mm -hmm. If someone calls you you bougie or someone calls you – you know, uppity or whatever, because you don't want them, then that just means they're not for you. So that's okay. Let them go. All right. So what? If you want to call me, mm-hmm. cool, but I'm not going to put my standards down for you to make you feel better. Maybe that means you need to upgrade yourself. Mm-hmm. So how about that? I'm sorry. Like I, and I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm just like, this is the stuff, this is the type of stuff I've come across and it's ridiculous and it's stupid. Don't try to make mm-hmm. me feel bad because you come at me some type of way and you're disrespectful to me, calling me outside of my name, I tell you I'm not interested, and then you get angry with me. 
No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Would you rather me lie to you, string you along, and then you get pissed? No, I'm going to tell you right then and there. And that's another thing, ladies. Don't be rude, but be honest. If you don't like them, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, it's all right. But don't be like, ew, no, because would you want someone to say that to you? No, that's right. right. So just say thank you, but no thank you. Be polite. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, I don't see why being rude would, make, would equate you to being a bad B-I-T-C-H. It, it just makes you rude, actually. So just be nice. And he should be nice, too. So, guys, be nice. If she said she's not interested, move on. She wasn't for you. And, girls, he wasn't for you either. So, and that's a, Sorry. Good job, thing. Brittany. Sorry, this is the last thing. <laughs> Don't be oh, mad if the person is not the one. That is, that, that's one of the biggest things I try to say. If the person isn't for you, don't be mad. It's okay. Even if you end up dating someone and it doesn't work out, don't be mad because they're not the one. If they're not the one, be glad that you found out before it was too late. All right, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Brittany. Okay, so a little background for Brittany. Brittany is a health educator, so she works with the public all the time. She talks to people every day, all day. So I like people who interact with people on a daily basis. That's their profession, and then that's what they do because you get, when you talk to people and it's your profession to talk to people, you get what people really think. You get with, okay, so all this stuff that they show on TV and how people act and all this Real Housewives of Atlanta and loving hip-hop, that is TV. It's entertainment. They are on those shows to entertain you. Yes, they do take real-life instances or real-life experiences, but then they TV it to make it entertaining so that you watch and they get ratings and they get paid. It's not real-life, ladies. So in real life, these are the things that you are you need to do. You can't be a dummy. You can't let a dude just walk all over you and treat you any kind of way. You can't be just so naive that you don't even know what's going on. This mm-hmm. is why we have people who talk to people who can kind of get us where we need to be and change our thoughts. So you're looking at TV, you see them acting a certain way on TV, you think you're supposed to act like that in real life. No, it's TV, it's entertainment. In real life, it's not the same storyline that's on TV. That's why you keep finding yourself in the same predicament because you're looking at TV as in how you should be acting or how you should carry yourself. That's not reality. So if you mm-hmm. want something different, you have to do different things and you have to change your mind and the way you perceive things and understand in a different way. So thank you, Brittany, for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you always <laughs> keep it real. So, you know, I appreciate that. So next thing, and you know we always talk about it, politics. Yay. So we'll... We'll start with national politics, and then we'll hone it in on Baltimore City. So, (laughs) Trump and Clinton. 
and you know they just named who they want as their or they who they're running with as VPs. What do you mm-hmm. think? Let's well, let's let's wait a minute. Let's start with a real question. Besides, what do you think? Let's start with Trump, just because I know this is going to be your most entertaining. <laughs> what do you think about Trump, honestly? And like, do you really think he has a chance to be like president of the United States? All right, so I'm going to answer that last question first, and the answer is no. The reason why I want to say that is because every time they do those polls, they didn't ask me, did they ask you? <laughs> when they nope. say, oh, Trump is high in the polls, who do they ask? Did they ask everybody mm-hmm. in the United States? And they, mm-hmm. did, they, did they ask every single person who will be voting? Did they ask every person? What city did they – you have to look at the city, and you have to look at – who is conducting the study because statistics is the science of lying. I study statistics, so I know this. So you can mm-hmm. make any statistic look like however you want it to, however you want it to, whatever you want it to say, you can make statistics make it say it. So let's say right. I, let's say you and I are in, uh, we're, we're against each other. We're rivals in the political world. Let's say mm-hmm. that you happen to have 70% of the vote, and I have 30. However, I have 100% of the white vote. So on TV, you can say, well, Brittany has over 90% of the white vote. And that makes it sound huh? like I'm winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you have, can't ask, possibly ask every person in the United States for their opinion and their who who they who they would vote for in a poll and make it sound like that you know then be representative of the whole because most of the time they go into whatever let's say sometimes it's like a Stanford or whichever college it is that does these polls. First of all, most of them happen in white neighborhoods. Affluent white neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. in that population. But they aren't going into different populations for these polls. So even though they're like, oh, well, he's only a little bit on Hillary, who are you asking? That's the other thing. You, did, you have mm-hmm. to question, did they ask me? Did they ask my neighbor? Did they come into my neighborhood and ask for that opinion? They didn't. So mm-hmm. you have to Two, Trump represents an old regime. He does. He represents okay. fear of an older generation, and he's representing the old, the good old boy system. That's what he's representing. And he's representing bullies. Okay. Because even if you look at his his rallies, they're like, "Well, we're the silent minor- we're the silent majority." Well, why are you so silent? Why did you wait until someone else had to speak for you? Just because you're Brittany, silent and you're Brittany, a majority. Brittany, Brittany, huh? Brittany, yes. Can you hear me? Your phone is going in and out. It's, no, it's not clear. Can you, can you hear me now? Hello. 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 Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me in here? Can't hear you. You can't hear me? No. Okay. No. Here. Darn trees. Can you hear me here? And we're going to get Brittany. 
at a good signal, and then we're going to come right back. Can you hear me here? Brittany. Can you hear me? Hi. That is perfect. Hi. Okay. So what I was saying is that he's representing a silent majority. That's what they call themselves. But uh, like my grandmother says, the emptiest wagon makes the loudest noise. And he is being a big bully and screaming and yelling and what have you to talk against people just because other people who also have the same sentiment were afraid to say it. Now, even if you look at the KKK, they hide behind hoods, which inherently shows fear, and fear begets hate. So to me, he's representing hatred. And I feel like, especially if you look at my generation, the millennials, that's not what we are about. That's not what we want. That's not even what we represent. So to have this guy come in saying that he's going to ban Muslims, he's going to start this program where they're all in a national database, that sounds a lot like Hitler to me, actually, if you study history. That is kind of what Hitler did with the Jews. And you want to do, you want to build a wall and you want to do X, Y, Z and yada, yada, yada. And instead of talking about the American people as a whole, he makes it them against us mentality and people are just eating it up. But those people already thought that. They aren't coming out of the woodwork. They already felt that way. So he Mm -hmm. is a fear monger. And to me, I just feel like it works for them but I don't think it works for the entire nation. And if he does win, I'm moving to Canada. Drake, I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, what do you think about Hillary and these emails? Like, I think, I just think it's going to be looming over her head forever. And so I don't think I like either one of these people running, but I know I have to choose one. So I guess Hillary would be the lesser of the two evils. Exactly. So I feel like with Hillary and the emails, people are literally going crazy about the emails. Okay. So she used personal email, yada, yada, yada. But my question is, would you prefer her, who has had political experience and has had a husband in the office before, going over foreign affairs, or would you prefer Captain Crazy over there with the orange face and blonde hair rambling off the mouth and then we all get nuked by South Korea, by, by North Korea? Like, which one would you prefer? So with her and the emails, they found her not guilty. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. From due process, she uh-huh. cannot be tried again. That is double jeopardy. Uh-huh. Read your own laws. Maybe you would know that, but there's nothing you can do about it. Now, you can grumble and gripe and have a debriefing, but it's not going to change a darn thing. And like I said, if you're going to have to choose between the two, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just my thought. Right. And not to say that if you choose Trump that you're a bad person. I'm not trying to say that. But all I'm saying is that he represents something that I don't agree with. And I think that he uh-huh. is just be he's literally the loudest person and they're rallying behind him because he's saying what they were too afraid to say themselves. So that's okay, how I feel about so it. now this is 
and I get you. I get you. But now this is the question that I have to pose to myself, and I really have to sit down and, like, think about because now, yes, Hillary does have, you know, political experience. She was married mm-hmm. to the president. You know, she knows all the kind of laws and bylaws, the procedures and the etiquette. Mm-hmm. And we see where the country is now. Right. Do we really want somebody in there who's going to not kind of, who's going to go against the grain and kind of shake things up? The question is, what kind of shaking are you going to do? Right. Because you can shake someone's foot and they'll be okay. Shake someone's head violently and they get a concussion. So the question okay. is, where do you want to take? So, I mean, again, with Hillary, what people fail to realize with Hillary, if you don't like her, then vote for a Republican Senate once again. Because mm-hmm. no matter who's president, the Senate is who runs the country. And even with Donald Trump, even if he were to get in office, vote for a Democratic Senate because he wouldn't be running the pres- he wouldn't be running the country anyway. They are the executive mm-hmm. order, so if I mean you can veto it, but if they still fight him on it, it can still be whatever they want. So right. that's why a lot of what that President Obama wanted to happen didn't happen was because of the Republican Senate. But people don't know that. All they know is thanks Obama. Because it was under right. his terms. So right. that's, of course, what I like to call the ignorant public. So, uh-huh. you know, it, it just really depends on how you look at it. But, again, if I had to choose between a Senate for Hillary and their Republican or a Democratic uh-huh. Senate uh-huh. and Donald Trump, who's going to probably talk us into a big old hole and he can't even save his own freaking casino, no, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Uh, so, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I, I was. I was done. I lost my train of thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I was going to say is, so now that was the other thing that my question is, and I'm not not literally my question is, but hypothetically. Yeah. I don't think, I think, well, I think that the government, the Senate, the House has to have a certain amount of control over the person that they will allow be, to be president. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's not, it's not, they're not going to really come out and say that, but I think that, like, Trump is uncontrollable and, like, he's a short fuse and they kind of don't know what he's going to get, what they're going to get on what day. So right. I don't think that they're even going to allow him to be president. I completely agree. I don't think it's going to go down. I completely agree. And, of course, people who – I feel like he is literally a cautionary tale, but it's also – I feel like he was born of ignorance. He was born – his mm-hmm. political persona – was born from people who were frustrated with having a black man as their president. Mm-hmm. And they were so irritated, mm-hmm. so pissed. And now mm-hmm. the prospect of having a woman in office, oh, that is despicable mm-hmm. too. Oh, no, mm-hmm. because that's just not how their history is supposed to happen. That is not how the United States 
that was founded by people who were immigrants and took it from the native people, uh-huh. that is not uh-huh. what they want. That is not how they felt like it should be. That is not how it should go down. But little do they realize the world is still changing. It's not 1856 anymore, so how about we change Right. All right, so um, before we continue on, I want to be respectful of your time. Can we keep going, or do you have to wrap it up? Oh, no, we can keep going. All right, cool. Now, local politics. (laughs) Why haven't we heard anything else about um, Catherine Pugh and Sheila Dixon? Like, what's going on with that? Okay, so from my perspective, how I see things, you have people who – all right, let me back this up. Let me put this out here. Catherine Pugh put out one of the best campaigns I have ever seen in my 25 years. Well, I'm 24, but turning 25 years on this earth. Literally. Like, she and was why so do you say visible. that? Because she was visible. No matter where you look, uh-huh. you saw Catherine Pugh posters. I got a freaking flyer from her for, like, two weeks, like, every two weeks, when I got my uh-huh. pay stub, uh-huh. I looked uh-huh. at the mail, I got the Catherine Pugh's face. If I didn't know any other candidate, I knew her. I knew yeah. what she looked like. Uh-huh. I knew who she was, and she had those signature pearls. I know exactly what she looked like. And if anything, <laughs> I knew she was from mayor, and compared uh-huh. to her past campaigns from, like, what, she was running forever, she wasn't uh-huh. as visible. I just knew that she was a lady whose name was Pugh. But I didn't uh-huh. know her until this one. Right. And this one okay. that she really, like, for anyone who really was, like, you know, who who just didn't know and just wanted to go vote for someone, that would be your person. Uh-huh. That's the person you see. Now, with Sheila, right. people, some people, I feel like you have two different camps with her. You have people who loved her people who felt like mm-hmm. she really did care. And I personally feel like she did care. I feel like she really did care for our city. And I saw a different light in our city when she was the mayor. And if Catherine Pugh really did win, which is what they're saying, then she will be sorely missed. But then, of course, you have other people who are like, well, she stole and I can never forgive her. Well, sir, right. you did wrong too. So it's like right. you have people who are just like, that was so despicable. But it's like you're not looking at how everyone else does it. She, she's just doing what every other politician does, but she just got caught. She just you got, got caught. And I feel Somebody like even with that, exactly, because I'm like, it wasn't even really that much that was taken. Right. But, okay. Right. But people really look for something, and when they get angry and they feel like they're just vengeful mm-hmm. and they're just angry, mm-hmm. they want to hold on to it. Now that, mm-hmm. on top of people being pissed off about calling Blake, ugh. you know, uh. people, you know, some people are really angry with her. Some people are really angry mm-hmm. with her because they feel like she is more into her hair and her makeup than mm-hmm. she is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. after the whole, I hate to bring it up, but especially after the whole thug thing, People were yeah. real mad about that, and it's like that's how you think about your citizens regardless of what they've done, but that's what you think about them? All right, cool. Uh-huh. So, you know, people, I feel like with the snowball of that, and they feel like people who they've dealt with in the past 
were already pissed, so they didn't want to deal with Sheila because they were mad at her. They don't uh-huh. want Stephanie, even uh-huh. though she wasn't running. So anyone uh-huh. but those two will do. So right. the national pick would be the one who has been visible, who you've seen more than anybody else, and that was Miss Pugh. So, like I said, if I if anybody should get a prize for the best campaign ever, it is Miss Catherine Pugh. Kudos to you, Miss Catherine Pugh. <laughs> or Got it. Mayor. I agree. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that because you're right. I even like I went to a couple social events and she was very personable. She was yeah. very friendly. She was mm-hmm. very, you know, kind of humbling, and, you know, she didn't make it seem like you're talking to a representative or a senator or a congressperson or a mayor. It was kind of like she was the cool lady that lived in your neighborhood who knew what was going on and could kind of have a good look-me-in-the-eye conversation about it. Right. You don't really, You don't really get that feeling from Sheila. It's just like I'm busy trying to be mayor or I'm busy running this campaign but you kind of forgot that the people that's going to vote for you are going to put you in office. You can't be too busy to talk to them. And you know, I think with people when it comes to Miss Dixon, I think people were just, some people were so surprised because she had a lot of support. A lot of people supported her, right. but when they felt like that they that she betrayed their trust, uh-huh. they were kind of like, "We're done with you. We really don't want uh-huh. that again." Because for a while uh-huh. after that whole thing, that put a kind of a mark on Baltimore. After the president, you know, uh-huh. when he invited like all the mayors, right after President Obama uh-huh. became president, he invited all the mayors, but he didn't invite her, and that really uh-huh. kind of put a scar on us for a little bit. So, you right. know, I think a lot of people were kind of like, we don't want that. So we're going to try something new. Uh-huh. We don't want anybody from uh-huh. your old past because, you know, Rawlings right. went from her past. So it's like we don't want anybody yeah, from your turn. I, I try not to talk bad about people, but that lady right there, she is not friendly at all. You know, I Stephanie think Rollins what it like. <laughs> You know what I think, though? I think a lot of times with her, people, how do I say this? Well, she didn't, before when she became mayor, I feel like she was almost thrown into office after the whole thing mm-hmm. came out with Miss Dick. Mm-hmm. So you have right. a person, but the other thing, too, that's the job you applied for and that's the job you got. So yep. you know that at any yep. point. You could become mayor. Mm-hmm. That's like becoming the vice president. Mm-hmm. You know from the jump right. that if anything should happen to that president, mm-hmm. you're going to be president. So mm-hmm. you better have some type of sense. That's why yep. I'm like saying, uh, mm-hmm. no Sarah Palin. So right. with Rawlings Blake, he was reelected after a while, stayed there, but then you get so comfortable that you forget that you mm-hmm. still have people you still have to mm-hmm. talk to. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot in politics. You forget that there are st- that when you get so high up to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you forget that you still have people you got to talk to, that you're still right. account that mm-hmm. you're still accountable. I feel like when you get so high, yeah. you forget that you still are accountable. I don't care what you've done, I don't care who you are, you are still accountable. 
to the people because you are still a public servant. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. spending hours getting your hair and makeup done, I'm sorry, but during uh-huh. the riots, I would have much rather seen her disheveled looking uh-huh. distraught about yeah. to your city that morning. But instead, you look a mil- like a yeah. million dollars, like you got a thousand dollars sleep and looking like Beyonce. Yeah. Honey, she looks fabulous, but then you want to call the people thugs? Really? Right. Oh, no. And I people just, aren't happy I about just, that. Not at all, and especially not me. I just, like, my, okay, so, you know, we work at uh, uh, the health department, and mm-hmm. so she had a press conference that was going to be held at the job. Now, it is a good 20 people that work at the job. That's mm-hmm. it. I think, in my mind, I expected her to get there a little bit early before the press conference, kind of socialize, you know, say hi to people, kind of, you know, chit-chat. Yeah. Before or after at some point, I mean, it's 20 people. It's not like we expected you, what, not not we, anything. I, it's not like... I think I did not expect her to kind of have a personal conversation with everyone, but I kind of expected her to, you're coming to our workplace. We got the whole place on lock so that you can hold a press conference to talk about our job. I kind of thought you would have some kind of communication with us. Hey, hey, y'all, how y'all doing today? You know, I got to do a press conference. You know, I don't know. It was like her team came in, they set up, she walked in after they were set up, she did her press conference, she walked out, they did. They asked some questions or whatever they did, but, and then she left. That was it. She's you know, a people person. And, I mean, the thing is, I feel like, now don't get me wrong, I think that she looks lovely when she comes out and when she steps out, she speaks very well. She speaks eloquently, and I can really admire that. But I think, like I said, even in general, and I don't know how it is in other cities, but I think sometimes when you have so much on your plate and when there are so other, so many other issues, you just forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think you forget mm-hmm. that you still have to talk to people, that you still have to be there. Yeah, and but- that's why you have a team of people who are around you who's supposed to remind you of all the things that you're supposed to get. Now, I I run Make Me Feel It Radio. I'm the host. I'm the engineer. I'm the crew. I'm the everything. I am my team. My team is me. There is no other people. So it's easy for me to say, you know what, I was supposed to talk about this on the show, and I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. But when you are the mayor, you are supposed to surround yourself with people that's supposed to keep you on your toes and inform and remembering everything. So I guess the question is, is it on her or is it on the staff? Her that, team. Right. You know? Right. Because, right. I mean, you can be the best mayor there is, but if the people who aren't telling you mm-hmm. or reminding you yeah. of those people mm-hmm. – then who is it on? And it's like there's no real – I don't even think there's really a definite answer to that. And like I said, right. I'm not trying to play her job at all because that is a hard job. She oh, works no, it's for very, yes, and it's, very, you know, it's works, a very important job. And, and, and you were – and Baltimore isn't the easiest city to work for. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you are so vulnerable that someone can throw water uh-huh. on you, that could have been acid. 
So right. I'm glad that's okay, yeah. you know. But I just think that sometimes what the politic- what local politicians specifically have to remember is that we need you to be personable for us. Baltimore is a very personable right. city. If we don't know you, mm-hmm. if you don't talk to us, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you don't and we don't and we and if you won't, if if you don't talk to us and you don't talk and you mm-hmm. we don't know you, we mm-hmm. don't feel like we have any loyalty to you because we don't right. we, we don't see that part of you. And that's with anyone. I'm mm-hmm. not just talking I'm not talking about the mayor. I'm talking about any politician. Mm-hmm. So if you're not out there mm-hmm. letting me to know you and you're not talking about what matters to me I don't care if right. I only have three teeth and I'm on Section 8 and I get food stamps. You still need to talk to me mm-hmm. to understand what I want. Now, on that note, if yep. I have those three on Section 8 and getting food stamps, I better be voting because I'm using taxpayer money mm-hmm. to get my benefits. Right. So that's another thing. You better be voting. So yes. that, that's the So you can't just demand things and you didn't vote. You have to vote mm-hmm. in order to get those things done and yes your your vote does count because here's my mm-hmm. thing regardless of who I voted for for mayor I can now complain because I voted so if something doesn't go mm-hmm. right or the way that I wanted I have every right to complain I have every right to write whomever I mm-hmm. need to to get something changed because I am a voting mm-hmm. tax citizen so yep. that's all there is to that and I feel like a lot of times people forget that they have those rights and they forget that they can do that. And they forget, you know, what another thing that I noticed about our city, when they don't like something, we just roll over and take it. We don't do much else. Yeah. The, the first yeah. time I ever saw Baltimore in an uproar was last year in April. So it's like mm-hmm. to see that, but that was the first time. I was astonished because usually when something happens, we literally just roll over and take it as a whole city. Yes. Instead of trying mm-hmm. to get something done, we don't because we don't know how to. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I agree. I agree. Okay, next subject, this Freddie Gray trial. And I, I know you're going to give me some insight or you're going to give me something that I didn't think about. What is going on? So Freddie Gray just died, like, by himself, like, what? How, how is there no one responsible for his death? So okay, far? so I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put it in these terms. So let's say you let's say you stole my diamond ring. You came in my house. You went through my vault and you stole my diamond ring. Instead of being charged with burglary, you're charged with assault. Now, you didn't touch anything. You didn't, as far as harming mm-hmm. anybody, mm-hmm. you didn't hurt mm-hmm. anybody. So the trial mm-hmm. is specifically for assault, mm-hmm. which you did. Mm-hmm. You what? get off. Now, you stole yep. the ring, but you didn't get tried yep. for burglary. You got tried for assault. Yep. So if the, yep. if, the, if the charge doesn't fit the crime, the person's going mm-hmm. to get off. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened here. Now, my question is, was were the charges put out just to quell a very angry yes. city? And was it that is were what they, I think. 
because they don't, none of them are sticking. And the nope. question is, why wasn't anyone charged with wrongful imprisonment? Why? Mm-hmm. Because he he didn't do mm-hmm. anything. So for mm-hmm. him to even be arrested seems to me mm-hmm. like that would be wrongful imprisonment. But it's not. So, yeah. So this is, you know me, and I always think there is a conspiracy or ulterior motive for a lot of things that happen when it comes to government. Like, I am a big conspiracy theorist, and, hey, it is what it is. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. that's the game you play. So my thing is this. My thing is, did she do that on purpose? Did Mosby stand up there and say, because, first of all, yes, there was an angry mob that was burning and looting and rioting, yes. So, did she say, okay, so to appease these people and get them to stop, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say, we're going to accuse these people and they're going to be tried and um, the justice is on your side and we're going to make this right and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Knowing if she did that, okay, it'll quiet them down for now and, you know, things will work itself out for now. But then by the time it goes to court, you know, we didn't already forgot about Freddie Gray because now we on to the next whatever happened. It's like, you know, our attention span as a public is whatever the next thing they show on TV that's wrong. So kind of now Freddie Gray is like by the wayside because there's so many other things that's going on that we're not really paying attention to all these officers that's not being tried for the real reason they should be being tried, and that's why they're getting off. And I think, so with that, I think, mm, so I honestly don't know if she knew that this was going to be the outcome. Because part one, she's new. So I think she wanted to make mm-hmm. an impact that mattered. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, nobody, before Mosby, nobody really knew what that job entailed right. or what exactly it was. Right. Because Berenstein mm-hmm. basically Nobody really, besides after what happened with his whole trial where those people basically got off for assaulting that boy, people really didn't know what that job really did. I mean, you voted for it. And, I mean, I look to the people. But, you you know, other than that, you really aren't quite sure exactly what Mm -hmm. goes on. Mm -hmm. So you have this young lawyer who seemed like she's really on her ish, really got it together. And mm-hmm. as a part of the problem, instead, I mean, as, as a part of the solution, is getting charges as quick as possible. Which, you know, right. that was impressive. For a while, she was one of the top Google um, searches because people wanted to know who is this Marilyn Mosby. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before that, no one really, you know, outside of Baltimore really knew. Right. And she was a uh-huh. huge part of the Freddie Gray case, which started making a very big national dialogue as far as police brutality. So then uh-huh. you have these officers who are getting tried, and then the charges aren't sticking. But the other thing that people have to realize, these people aren't being tried by a jury. They're being tried by a judge, and the judge is deciding right. whether or not are being uh-huh. are going to stick or not, besides the first the first um, officer, he is being tried by a jury, and that's why it was a mistrial and it had to be thrown out and that he's getting retried. 
But the other ones right. are tried by a judge, which is very smart. Because uh-huh. with a jury, people are going off of emotion. Anybody, uh, uh-huh. I mean, any other person who has any kind of feeling about it, regardless of what arguments are being presented, they're going to say he's guilty. So there's uh-huh. that too. For some, some, I'm not saying all, but some people may do that. But with the judge, uh-huh. he's already trained legally to figure out who uh-huh. presented the best. Uh-huh. And that's the other thing about the court and the law. It's not about who was right or wrong. It's who can prove their case better. Yeah, exactly. Who Without a reasonable prove- doubt. Exactly. So if you can have, because like I said, one of the easiest cases I can think of, if everybody know OJ did it, everybody know yeah. OJ did it. But mm-hmm. the prosecution Couldn't did not, they did not do mm-hmm. a, a, a better job than the defense. The defense was yep. able to prove mm-hmm. beyond reasonable doubt within that case mm-hmm. that he ain't do it, although we all know OJ did it. Yeah. So, like right. you said, it don't matter if you know somebody did something or if you know this is right or wrong. It's who. It's basically a game. Who can prove it better? Yeah. So, yeah. even with these trials, the question is, who can prove it better? And so far what we've seen, the defense can prove it better. And I think part of the problem is the, the charges just don't fit the crime. It doesn't. So, right. if I didn't do something... I could have done something wrong, but if you're going to charge me with something that has nothing to do with what I did, it's not right. going to stick. Bottom line. And I, I think a lot of this, go ahead, I'm sorry. And I think a lot of emphasis was put on the truck driver, but my question is, I just question if the if it really was the truck driver that caused all those injuries. I feel like if anything, wouldn't have been the injuries would have been started with the people who put their knees on his neck. Don't you think that would have been where the point of injury would have started rather than in a car or a van? But well, that's just my well, my thing about that is there was another person in the back with him. So if they're saying he got a rough ride, why didn't the other person get a rough ride also? He wasn't strapped in either. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, eh. And again, I just think that a lot of the charges was just to quell the public and to get people to Uh be quiet and get people to Uh say, oh, hey, well, Uh you know, yep. mm, all right, at least they're getting charged because a lot of people think so much as as long as the person's charged, they're going to actually get right found guilty of the sentence. crime. You can get charged with something right. that just means that what you what they suspect you may have done, but you're innocent until right. proven guilty. Not guilty until proven yeah. innocent. So, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't know that. So it's it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I you know. agree. I agree. Now. We're going to wrap, we are, we are actually almost to the end of the show, so we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Anything mm-hmm. you want to throw out? Anything you want to say? Anything I forgot to ask you? No, um, I think I just want to just make a complete wrap-up of what we just said. So, All right. in the 20th century kind of sucks, but it's kind of cool. Kind of sucks, but kind of cool. Uh, Politics. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump is going to win, but 
you choose you, but just make sure you actually choose because if you don't, you don't have any right to complain. Don't complain. Uh, I think that I respect everything that the mayor of Baltimore has done, and I think that she has a hard job. And I think that if people are not pleased with what happens when the new mayor comes in, they need to say something and know that you have that right and uh-huh. don't be so hung up. So even after Miss after Mayor Rawlings Blake leaves, don't beat her up for what happens later, for what happened when she was mayor. Right. In her term, right. let her be in peace. Mm-hmm. Respect her. Yeah. She is the mayor. Still respect her. Please respect I, her. Please. I get it. I agree and then, with that 100%. Exactly. Don't disrespect her. You don't have to agree, but respect her. She is still the mayor of Baltimore. Respect her. And then as far as the trial, just read up on what's happening. Make sure you know your rights because if you don't know your rights, you don't you, you're not you can't exercise those rights. So, just know your rights. Know what you are entitled to as an American citizen and use those rights to your to the best of your ability. So, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you 1,000%. You are the best special guest, Brittany. I love talking to you. you you're so, so awesome. Funny. And you always give me something to think about or something that I didn't think about or, you know, something that I may need to look at in a different way. So it's always good to learn something. And, you know, I'm not that young anymore, but I still have conversations with the younger people because I still want to find out what – you know, people think, you know, how are you really living? What's it really like for your age range? You know, mm-hmm. you can't always believe what's on TV and the media and what the media portray. Um, so it's good that I get out and kind of pick people's brains, find out what's mm-hmm. really going on in our community and then what people think about what's going on in our community. So as always, a great conversation. Good conversations are good, whether you agree with the person, whether you don't agree with the person, but at least you're talking. You're talking about things that's going on that may or may not affect you, but at least you know what's going on and at a different perspective. Try to learn something from someone. Um, everyone brings something to the table. So I appreciate you talking, and I appreciate you being on the show, even though you're on vacation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> no problem. We will be talking soon. So on that note, thank you guys for listening to Make Me Feel It Radio. I hope I inspired or motivated or it even got you to thinking about some things that you may not have thought about before. If you need to get in contact with me, my email address is Stacy L. Ferguson, that's S-T-A-C-Y, the letter L-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N-77 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email if it's a topic that you want to discuss or if you own a business and you would like to advertise on the show, we have some slots available. And I am very reasonable. I'm actually damn near cheap because this is my first radio show. So I can't charge your arm and a leg in your first point yet. So... If you would like to advertise on the show, if you have a business, if it's local, national, whatever the case may be, send me an email. We'll work it out. Um, thanks again, Brittany. I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate no you being on the show. And I will be talking to you soon. And this is your host, Stacey. We are signing out. This is Make Me Feel It Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>